Over the last few weeks, as we've journeyed through the Sermon on the Mount, we've explored the Beatitudes, we've been reminded that we are called to be salt and light, and we've been challenged about allowing love to overcome anger. The Sermon on the Mount is seen by many as Jesus' manifesto for what life in the Kingdom of Heaven should look like. It's Jesus describing what Kingdom people look like. And we are citizens of the Kingdom if we have chosen to follow Jesus and be his disciples. And here Jesus is describing what a Kingdom citizen looks like. He's showing us the Kingdom way to live. And he contrasts the Kingdom way with the way of the world or as he calls it, the way of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And so this week, we come to what many find to be the most challenging part of the sermon. Let's read from Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. The world is full of violence. In the news just this week, a well-known rapper was charged for murdering his cousin in America. A military coup overthrew the government in Myanmar. Violent protests erupted on the streets of Turkey. And so much of the violence that we see breeds more violence. Someone insults someone. That person insults them back and spreads insults about them to others. Someone hits someone. Someone else hits them back harder. A gang member gets killed by a rival gang. That gang exacts revenge on the opposing gang. More gang members die. One people group considers themselves oppressed by another people group. Discontent leads to violence. Violence spreads. A political incident creates a spark. Other political parties or nations retaliate. War breaks out. Just look at the First World War. One man, Archduke Ferdinand of Austria, is assassinated in Sarajevo on the 28th of June 1914. In retaliation, Austria declares war on Serbia. So Russia declares war on Austria, which leads Germany to declare war on Russia, to which Great Britain and France respond by declaring war on Germany. It all started with the death of one man. Four years later, 20 million people had been killed and 21 million had been injured. Here in the sermon, Jesus speaks into this tragic cycle of violence and retaliation and shows us another way, the way of the kingdom. Verse 38, you have heard it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Now the phrase eye for eye, tooth for tooth, directly refers to the Old Testament law in Exodus 21. It was specifically a law for the courts to be enacted by a judge when one person injured another. And though it sounds rather violent to us, this law was actually put in place to limit violence and prevent violence from escalating. It was a major advance for civilization at the time. The idea was that if one man injured another, maybe in a fight or through an accident while they were working together, the penalty for the injury could not be greater than the original injury. So if one man broke another man's arm, the victim's family could seek justice from the judge and as a punishment, the guilty man may have his arm broken but this would be the limit to his punishment. They couldn't break both his legs or both his arms or his neck. 
This prevented a cycle of retaliation, escalating violence and feuding developing between individuals and families. The family couldn't take justice into their own hands. They had to go before a judge to ensure fairness. In fact, God commanded them in Leviticus 19, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbour as yourself. But in Jesus' day, some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law had taken the law of the courts, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, and applied it to personal relationships using it to justify revenge, the very thing that the law was designed to abolish in the first place. It is into this context that Jesus says, you have heard it said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Here Jesus is saying, kingdom people do not retaliate. They do not seek revenge. Retaliation and revenge, getting one up on someone else, is not the way of the kingdom. How many times have you felt wronged by someone, treated unkindly or unfairly, and your reaction is to want to see them exposed for everyone else to see just how unkind or lacking integrity they really are? Maybe it's the friend or colleague who always seems to put you down or subtly questions the quality of your work in front of your colleagues. Maybe it was the child in your class who used to tell lies about you to your friends. Maybe it's the person who's taken advantage of your kindness and generosity, or the person who's not done the job that you paid them for but has still taken your money. What does it do to you inside? That hurt, that frustration, that anger that someone uh, that you somehow want to get even. Maybe you retaliate by questioning your colleague's competence in front of your boss, or perhaps badmouth the lying child in your class to your friends. Or maybe let others know about the questionable character of the person who's taken advantage of your kindness to ensure that no one else shows them any kindness. They all feel like justifiable responses, don't they? You may not act them out, but there are times that you want to, right? But Jesus says, don't resist an evil person. Don't retaliate. Don't seek revenge. Instead, respond in the opposite spirit. Respond with love. Seek the best interest of the other person. Jesus then goes on to give four examples of what this looks like. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. Here we are to so forego taking revenge that we will even allow the evil person to double the injury. He then says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Here is an illustration from court. Someone is suing us, and yet we are to be generous towards them, giving them more than they ask. He then says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, this relates to someone in authority demanding something of you. Now, a Roman soldier was legally allowed to make anyone they wanted carry the pack for them for one mile, but they could not demand you to carry it any further than that. But here we are to go beyond what is strictly required of us, instead expressing love and support for the person who demands from us and going beyond just doing the strict minimum that we can. Jesus says, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. When asked to help, the kingdom way is not to avoid, ignore or turn away, but to help in whatever way we can. Now, if you're anything like me, these are not always the natural responses that first come to mind in these sorts of situations. And yet this is the standard that Jesus asks of kingdom people. 
And it is the standard which he himself fulfilled. Jesus was insulted and spat upon, beaten and crucified without ever retaliating, despite having all the power of heaven at his disposal. Jesus' response to those who crucified him was to love them and to ask the best for them. Even when he hung on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And we see examples of this in the early church, following this example, living the same kingdom way. Stephen shows his love for those stoning him just before he dies. He calls out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Paul in Romans 12 tells us to bless those who persecute you. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, we need to recognise that the four examples given by Jesus, turn the other cheek, give your coat, go the extra mile, give to the one who asks, aren't laws to follow, but examples of what a kingdom person would characteristically do in similar circumstances. Someone who has a kingdom heart with love at the core of their being. Someone like Jesus. Love must be our guide. And we must recognise that we can only turn our own cheek. We are not asked to turn someone else's cheek for them or to make someone else vulnerable. Therefore, we need to be wise in the way we apply this and always asking what is the most loving thing to do both for the evil person and for others around us. If others are to be left in danger by us turning our cheek, then we may need to actively and physically resist the evil person in order to lovingly protect those near us. But we must never do it from a desire for revenge, but from a heart of love. Jesus was not saying that we shouldn't seek justice, but that we shouldn't take justice into our own hands. Jesus is very specific in his language here. He says, do not resist an evil person he doesn't say, do not resist evil, in the abstract sense. What is clear is that when resisting evil in its broader sense, we should not retaliate with violence or malicious intent. Jesus resisted evil throughout his life and ministry. He was no doormat, but he was never violent or manipulative or forceful. He resisted by non-retaliation. N.T. Wright interprets what Jesus is saying here as, do not use violence to resist evil. Jesus demonstrated the options are not twofold, either fight back or lie down and give in, but that there was a courageous third way. It takes great courage to stand still and turn the other cheek when someone has just struck you, or to respond with love when someone has spread vicious rumours about you, or to be generous to someone that has previously taken advantage of you. There are people who, inspired by Jesus' teaching here, have resisted evil on a monumental scale, whilst refusing to retaliate against those that wronged them. Take Martin Luther King. He resisted the evil of racial segregation through peaceful resistance and non-retaliation, despite beatings and bombings and lynchings of his supporters. He succeeded where the violence of the American Civil War had failed 100 years before winning equal rights for black Americans. Take Gandhi, not a Christian, but powerfully inspired by the Sermon on the Mount, who through non-violent resistance, advocating for the poor and numerous spells in prison, forced the mighty British Empire to give up India, the jewel in its crown, to be ruled once again by its own people. Take Nelson Mandela, who went into prison as a violent young man, but came out 27 years later as a follower of Jesus, 
embracing reconciliation and non-violence and leading to the peaceful overturning of apartheid, something that no one thought possible without violence. But how is any of this possible? I mean, it's hard enough to be kind to our manipulative colleague or generous to our rude neighbour or to go out of our way for the family member who always takes us for granted, let alone refusing to retaliate against those who have unjustly imprisoned you or beaten your family or firebombed your house. Jesus shows us the way. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others do not even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect Without love, it is impossible to respond with kindness and generosity to those who have wronged us or falsely accused us or taken advantage of us. But love is the way of Jesus. He calls his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. He loves and blesses everyone, regardless of how good or evil they are, and he calls us to do the same. And if we're finding it hard to love someone, we can start by praying for them. We once had uh, someone in our street who took issue with a request that we'd made of them about some work we were having done on our house. They reacted defensively, quite angrily, and actually became very awkward whenever we saw them in the street. And Sarah and I were both quite hurt and upset as we got on with them well uh, up to that point, and their response felt really unreasonable and unjustified. But we decided to pray for them. It felt hard at first. But as we prayed, rather than feeling angry, we started to feel compassion towards them. We realised how we could have actually handled the situation a little better ourselves and were able to extend warmth and kindness towards them, even though their attitude towards us didn't change very much. If we will allow the love of Christ to transform us by continuing to walk in the way of Jesus, then little by little it becomes our very character to turn the other cheek and go the extra mile. Because we learn to love others as Christ first loved us. And as we learn to love our enemies, we have the hope that one day our enemies may become our friends, just as we were once enemies of God, but have become his friends. I'll leave you with the powerful words of Martin Luther King, written in the midst of his struggle for equal rights. To our most bitter opponents, we say, we shall match your capacity to inflict suffering by our capacity to endure suffering. We shall meet your physical force with soul force. Do to us what you will and we shall continue to love you. We cannot in all good conscience obey your unjust laws because non-cooperation with evil is as much a moral obligation as is cooperation with good. Throw us in jail and we shall still love you. Bomb our homes and threaten our children and we shall still love you. Send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our community at the midnight hour and beat us and leave us half dead and we shall still love you. But be ye assured that we will wear you down by our capacities to suffer. One day we shall win freedom, but not only for ourselves. We shall so appeal to your heart and conscience that we shall win you in the process and our victory will be a double 
victory. That is the way of Jesus.